1: That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500
0: If you enjoy tuning in to the CBS Evening News, there are official t-shirts, hats, mugs, and more available for purchase at ParamountShop.com.
2: tonight, America's water crisis. The worst drought in more than 1,200 years leads to new drastic cuts of water usage as the federal government threatens unprecedented limits. As President Biden signs a sweeping $750 billion bill into law, climate change makes states hotter and drier. CBS's Ben Tracy with the impact.
3: So you're saying literally a year ago, this boat we're on right now would have been 30, 40 oh, feet yeah. up there? Yep.
2: The battle over unsealing the Mar-a-Lago affidavit. CBS's Catherine Herridge reports tonight as former President Donald Trump's son says he'll release surveillance video of the search. Uphill battle for Liz Cheney. Voters in Wyoming go to the polls on primary day. CBS's Robert Costa is the only network correspondent there as the Congresswoman casts her vote. As a country, we're facing uh, very challenging and difficult times. The staggering number of Americans who are unhappy at work. This
0: job is not fun, and we're not getting paid enough to deal with the stuff we have to deal with every
3: single day.
2: CBS' Elise Preston on why that's costing companies trillions of dollars.
3: This is
4: the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell reporting from the nation's
2: capital. Good evening and thank you for joining us on this Tuesday night. We begin tonight with severe water cuts that will impact tens of millions of Americans and puts a fine point on how dire the crisis is in America's West. A mega drought is drying up the Colorado River and depleting the nation's largest man-made reservoir, Lake Mead. Take a look at this before and after of the reservoir over the last two decades. It is devastating. Well, tonight, the federal government is forcing states to cut the amount of water they can draw from the Colorado River, and that means states will have to make critical decisions about how they use water. And here in Washington, President Biden signed what he hopes will help make an impact, a bill that includes $373 billion to fight climate change widely considered the biggest package of its kind in U.S. history. CBS's Ben Tracy covers climate for us, and we'll start us off tonight. Good evening, Ben. So just how urgent is this situation?
3: It's become very urgent, Nora, and you can see why. This is what so much of the American West now looks like, dried out and burnt out. Here in California, more than 99 percent of this state is now battered by drought, and the federal government is so concerned about this critical water source, it's taking unprecedented action. It's a crisis on the Colorado. The nation's largest reservoirs are rapidly retreating. Iconic dams could stop producing power. Western states are being warned to drastically cut their water use. This is a crisis that we haven't seen uh, in history. Today, the Interior Department declared a first ever tier two shortage on the river that provides water for 40 million people in seven states. Arizona will lose 21% of its water, Nevada, 8%. And the government is now threatening unprecedented cuts on all the states unless they start using less water. It is in our authorities to act unilaterally to protect the system. Climate change is making the West hotter and drier. The worst drought in 1,200 years and chronic overuse have drained Lake Mead and Lake Powell to about a quarter of capacity.
5: We're going to buoy number three they call it.
3: At Lake Powell this summer we met fishing guides stunned by how fast it's falling.
5: I'm looking at spots that 30, 40 feet up the wall where my bait was hitting where I was fishing just a year ago.
3: So you're saying literally a year ago this boat we're on right now would have been 30, 40 feet up there?
5: yep. It's absolutely crazy. If
3: the reservoirs hit what's called deadpool, water wouldn't flow mm-hmm. under the Glen Canyon and Hoover dams, choking off the supply to millions in cities from Phoenix to Los Angeles. Southern California could lose 25% of its water. We should not
4: get to a day where we turn the faucet and there is no water.
3: Now, this may surprise you, but more than 70 percent of the water supplied by the Colorado River is actually used for agriculture. So these cuts are going to hit farmers hard. And, Nora, in a sign of just how dire this is, the federal government is actually planning to pay farmers to not plant their fields.
2: Just incredible. Ben Tracy, thank you so much. Tonight, a federal judge has set a hearing for Thursday afternoon to hear the case calling for the unsealing of the DOJ affidavit used as justification for the FBI search of former President Donald Trump's Florida home. CBS's Catherine Herridge has been following the details.
6: As the battle over the still secret affidavit moves to this Florida courthouse, an analysis of the legal record reveals new clues about potential witnesses within Trump's inner circle. While the Justice Department claims releasing the affidavit could serve as a roadmap to the government's ongoing investigation, a former prosecutor said another revelation is buried in the department's 13-page brief.
5: Now we have an ongoing criminal investigation.
6: Harry Lipman told CBS News this section that releasing the affidavit could chill future cooperation by witnesses and harm other high-profile investigations is another warning shot. What jumps out at you?
5: Where do you get such information that it's so solid that a magistrate judge will say, OK, I see that. I'll sign this application. I think it has to be
6: from someone at Mar-a-Lago. It's an insider of some kind an insider of some kind media organizations including CBS News will renew their push Thursday to make key records public writing in a recent court filing this matter is one of utmost public interest involving the actions of current and former government officials it is the government's burden to overcome this presumption of access the president's son Eric says surveillance video of the FBI search exists captured by Mar-a-Lago cameras and will be made public at quote the right time as Trump's legal team complains the list of seized evidence is too vague.
2: The inventory list they gave us is
6: borderline worthless. Separately, a source familiar with the January 6th federal investigation tells CBS News that another longtime Trump legal adviser has been subpoenaed for documents and testimony. In the final days of the Trump White House, Eric Hirschman witnessed key meetings about overturning the election and told one advisor, John Eastman, he needed a good criminal defense attorney. Nora.
2: Catherine Herridge, thank you. We want to turn now to the closely watched primary in the deep red state of Wyoming. Tonight, Republican voters are poised to replace their state's only House member, Congresswoman Liz Cheney. Her political fortune turned when she became one of Donald Trump's fiercest critics. CBS's Robert Costa is in Jackson, Wyoming.
7: There's nothing more important than the defense of our Constitution. CBS
8: News was the only TV crew there as Congresswoman Liz Cheney headed to the polls alongside her father, former Vice President Dick Cheney. What's at
7: stake today, Congresswoman? We're facing uh, very challenging and difficult times. Uh, We're facing a moment where uh, our democracy really is uh, under attack.
8: Cheney was once a star of the Republican Party, winning office in 2016, the same time as Donald Trump. But after the Capitol attack, she became one of Trump's sharpest critics. As vice chair of the January 6th committee, she has warned that her party has become a cult of personality and that the former president is a threat to democracy.
7: Donald Trump made a purposeful choice to violate his oath of office.
8: Now her house seat is on the line in the mountain towns here in Ruby Red, Wyoming, which remains Trump country. According to a recent poll, her Trump-backed challenger Harriet Hageman is ahead by about 30 points, and Trump has given Hageman a lift. Liz, you're fired. To fend off Hageman, who has echoed Trump's false claim that the 2020 election was rigged, Cheney has been reaching out to Democrats. Asking them to switch parties and vote for her, which you can do in Wyoming on primary day. Should she lose, Cheney allies say she has not ruled out a 2024 presidential bid. Meanwhile, in Alaska tonight, Senator Lisa Murkowski is trying to fend off a Trump-endorsed challenger. And Sarah Palin, the former governor and 2008 Republican vice presidential nominee, is running for a House seat. Nora.
2: Robert Costa, thank you. First Lady Jill Biden has tested positive for COVID-19 just weeks after President Biden did. The White House said Dr. Biden is experiencing mild symptoms and is taking Paxlovid while isolating in South Carolina. The president tested negative this morning. Let's turn now to Ukraine, where President Volodymyr Zelensky is demanding Russian forces withdraw from a besieged nuclear facility there, while Ukraine's state-run nuclear power company accused Russia of carrying out a massive cyber attack on its website. Meanwhile Ukrainian forces are fighting back in the country's south, and CBS's Charlie Daggett is there.
9: Huge explosions rocked Crimea once again today turning an ammunition depot into a fireworks display, triggering a mass evacuation. Russia called it an act of sabotage, Ukraine hinting it's the work of elite covert teams deep behind enemy lines, part of an apparent strategy to hit Russia where it hurts, ahead of a counteroffensive here in neighboring Kherson region where the community leader of a village showed us the damage from Russian bombardment. After a barrage, she said, they wait for the last explosion before checking to see if anyone's hurt. It's very hard. It's very scary, she said. We've already had people who have died a lot wounded. We're told that this school has been targeted on three separate occasions by Russian artillery. Obviously, the schoolchildren left long ago. We're also told at no point did Ukrainian soldiers use this school as any kind of base. When the Russians stormed this village, Alyona Stasashina and her family fled, describing being shot at in the woods as they tried to escape. My older daughter couldn't sleep at night for the next month, she said. The youngest didn't make a sound, only blinking with her eyes, almost looking like a dead baby. They say they came back home because this is their home, hoping this time they'll be able to stay. Charlie Daggett of CBS News in Kherson Province, Ukraine.
2: And in one year of Taliban rule of Afghanistan, the economy has collapsed and the country has fallen into a desperate state of poverty. Women and girls have had their basic rights stripped away. CBS Zimtiaz Tayab spoke to one woman who's taking action.
4: When armed Taliban intelligence officers started banging on her door, 25-year-old Tamana Paryani began filming broadcasting to the world as she begged for help. We met the women's rights activists at a
9: safe house.
6: The only weapon I had was my camera. I did it
2: so that I could show the world what the Taliban are really like, what kind of group they are, and how they seek to forcefully silence women.
4: How long were you in prison for?
7: For about one month. And how were you treated? They treated me disgracefully. They tortured me using cables, pipes, and whips.
4: Paryani says she was arrested because the Taliban accused her of organizing this anti taliban protest. And she's not alone. According to Amnesty International, the Taliban have, quote, decimated the rights of women and girls in Afghanistan since last year's takeover. Abdul Qahar Balki is the spokesman for the Taliban's Ministry of Foreign Affairs. We spoke to women's rights activists. They talk about torture waterboarding and other forms of abuse.
3: We absolutely reject it. We do not engage in torture.
4: A claim Paryani calls a lie. What do you think the world needs to know about the Taliban today?
6: That the Taliban have money and resources, but the people of Afghanistan, they're drowning in their own blood.
4: Paryani says she knows speaking out has its risks, but that she won't stop until the rights of Afghan women and girls are protected. Nora.
2: MTS Tayyab, thank you for your reporting. Workers across the country are demanding higher pay and better work conditions. We'll show you why workplace dissatisfaction is growing. That story is in 60 seconds.
8: What makes a life a good one?
2: Tonight, workers from California to New York are demanding higher wages and better working conditions. They're staging walkouts and going on strike amid a Gallup poll showing worker stress is at an all-time high. CBS's Elise Preston reports on growing work dissatisfaction.
7: Fed up and frustrated, more than 150 Amazon workers walked off the job calling for a $5 raise and safer conditions at this California air freight facility. More than 2,000 Kaiser Permanente mental health care workers now on strike. They say they are stretched thin from the workload. And in Minnesota, nearly 15,000 nurses voted to authorize a strike. We have been through hell and back, and we will not stop fighting until we are given a good and fair contract. According to a new Gallup poll, half of workers are stressed, and one in five battle anger or sadness during the day.
0: This job sucks. Like, this job is not fun and we're not getting paid enough.
7: Dissatisfied and disengaged workers can cost the global economy $7.8 trillion in lost productivity. This summer, more than 415,000 American workers stopped clocking in. What is the message to companies moving forward? They need to look at how to retain workers. It's not just getting workers in the door. Mother of two Sarah Fry is getting called back to her AT&T office in September after working remotely during the pandemic. I'm like a lot of folks and there's a panic setting in. Some persons have actually said they're literally weeping every day, thinking about how they have to change up their day. We have not heard back yet from Amazon. Kaiser Permanente says the company has been negotiating with the union for more than a year. Now, with nearly two jobs for each unemployed person, workers are in the driver's seat. And if employees
2: are not getting what they want, they may consider a job switch. Nora. Elise Preston, thank you. And still ahead, why hearing aids are about to get a lot cheaper and easier to get. And the U.S. military shows off its firepower in the Pacific. A show of U.S. force overnight in the Pacific, the military tested an unarmed Minuteman III ICBM. The missile was launched from California, traveling more than 4,000 miles to the Marshall Islands. The test was delayed to avoid escalating tensions during China's show of force after House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's Taiwan visit. All right tonight we're learning of a major crackdown on illegal prescription drugs. More than a dozen federal agents and sheriff deputies swarmed a pharmacy this morning in Miramar, Florida, near Miami. It's suspected of being a so-called pill mill for opioids, possibly the largest in the state. Pill mills have fueled the nation's opioid crisis. There's big news tonight for people who have trouble with their hearing. The FDA will make hearing aids available over-the-counter without a prescription as soon as mid-October. The agency estimates that could save consumers nearly $3,000 on a pair of hearing aids. About 30 million adults are believed to suffer from hearing loss. That is some good news. And when we come back, a big change for travelers overseas trips in about half the time. It looks like supersonic air travel is making a comeback. Today, American Airlines said it's buying up to 20 supersonic jets from a company called Boom, as in Sonic Boom. United previously said it's buying 15. The jets won't be in service for at least seven years, but Boom says they'll travel twice as fast as today's passenger jets. And we want to note the passing of director Wolfgang Peterson, whose action movies kept audiences spellbound. His string of hits included The Perfect Storm, plus Air Force One, in which a U.S. president single-handedly thwarts a terrorist plot, and outbreak about a killer virus 24 years before COVID. Wolfgang Peterson died last Friday of pancreatic cancer. He was 81. And we will be right back with a group of volunteers supplying students with a bright future. The average family spends nearly $900 each year in back-to-school shopping, but not everyone can afford it. Fortunately, there's a group of volunteers that help students prepare for class and their future. Here's CBS's Meg Oliver.
7: A lot of times I write on the back of the card, you got this, because they just need to know that someone's in their corner and someone's fighting for them.
2: Words of encouragement from the team at Volunteers of America. In New York City, before school starts, Operation Backpack will distribute more than 15,000 new bags for every homeless student. Anton Niblett helps deliver them.
6: Our goal is to have children be able to move out into the world with a feeling of confidence and possibility. The backpack is a small way to
2: start that. Children like six-year-old Kyle Gregory.
7: How does it feel when you put this on? Strong.
2: You feel fast and strong when you put this on? Kyle and his mom, Crystal, have been living in a shelter for the past three years. She still remembers Kyle's sweet smile after receiving that first backpack.
6: It was heartwarming. I actually cried a little bit because who would have never thought us in the predicament that we are, that we actually received something from someone, you know what I'm saying, and caring about my child. So it really meant a lot
2: an act of kindness trying to break the cycle of poverty, one superhero backpack at a time. Meg Oliver, CBS News, New York. And that is tonight's CBS Evening News. I'm Nora O'Donnell here in the nation's capital. Good night.
5: Hi, it's Stephen Colbert.